I was like, oh no, this is a problem. So I started doing stuff for money, but for me, it was a problem. I was like, this isn't how this is supposed to be. Like, I don't think that life is supposed to be this up and down, this roller coaster, this like, oh, we have money, then we don't. I don't think, in my mind, I was like, I don't think that you have to live paycheck to paycheck. What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-hosts Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go, go, go. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Melanin Money Show, right? And so this is a special episode because, you know, you, you got a chance to hear the introductory episode, but now it's like, well, who are the people that I'm listening to, right? What is their story? Now that I know what the show is going to be about, who are the people that are on the other side of these microphones? And so we wanted to take a chance to uh, introduce ourselves, right? Um, so you can learn a little bit more about our background, our story, how we got here, um, so that that way we can feel like we're homies, right? We can really, you can really understand who you're listening to. And so that's what this episode is all about. Um, you're going to get a chance to hear some of the, the stories that uh, landed us here as the financial experts uh, that you're listening to today. And so, of course, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't introduce us. So I am George Achenpong, you know, one of your hosts. And we also have Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. How you guys doing today? Good. Um, I'm doing great, man. Happy to, for this episode. Man. I really want to give the people inside a look on who we are um, and who they're learning from. So let's get it. Okay, cool. And so we decided to do this in alphabetical order. So that means we got Cartier Carter. I'm making I'm giving everybody a nickname. You know what I'm saying? We got Cartier Carter. He's the first person uh, to, to share his story today. Gotcha, gotcha. So, God, okay, where, where do I start? So my story, I would say, starts on the south side of Chicago. Born and raised in, like, you know, low income. In the south side of Chicago, it's nine of us in one uh, three-bedroom home. Um, so we didn't have money. Money was a taboo topic. So I always was curious about money because I saw people with money. Like I saw people have money and call like, why don't we got it? So, you know, my curious mind got me to learning about money. And um, so and when I was uh, when I was thinking about what my major is going to be like, whatever is about money. So that was kind of like my my grammar school. Days. So as, as I told you all before, both of my parents passed when I was in high school. My, my mom passed when I was 14. My dad passed when I was 16. So I didn't have much of a fallback plan as far as money went. So you know, I, I was kind of like, the, you know, it was kind of on my own. I didn't have any fail safe. My parents would help me pay for college. So I graduated um, high school right around the time of the recession. So nobody had jobs. Gas was $5 a gallon. So I- Hold on. I'm guessing your parents didn't leave anything really behind. No, no. I think it had, may, may have like a, a life insurance check or like 5K that got, you know, like-, like Maybe 15K I split between me, my sister, and my brother. So I a $5,000 savings account. And that was my emergency fund. I didn't know what an emergency fund was, but I was like, yo, if my bank account goes below 5K, I'm broke because I, I didn't have a fallback plan. Mm. So um, I uh, graduated in 2009. Again, it was a recession. And so I, I didn't know what I went through to college for. So I literally Googled what job employment rate. 
and CPA came up in every Google search, right? So even though in a recession, CPAs were employed. So I was like, bet I'm going to be an accountant. And so I found the school that had the, one of the highest accounting programs that was close to me, which was, was, a, was a, the University of Illinois. Did that, got my undergrad, got my master's degree in accounting. And then I, I worked at like a big four accounting firm, which is a good job. And I thought I was going to be happy and I made good money, more money than my parents made, but I hated my money through Friday. I was literally looking forward to the weekend. That's it. And I was miserable. So I was like, I had this, you know, this scarcity around money and I, you know, I finally got it. Like, why am I not happy? So I was really not happy at work. And then <laughs> I love telling the story because this is actually what happened. So I was living with my cousin, uh, I was living with my cousin at the time. And I'm, as I'm getting dressed for work, he comes to my room and says, hey, because uh, what, what day of the week is, is it? And I'm like, it's um, it's Wednesday. He's like, oh, damn, I thought, I thought it was Saturday. I'm like, bro, are you a grown man? Like, how don't you know what day of the week it is, right? And then he was, he paused. He was like, well, man, I do what I love every day. So the days of the week don't really matter to me. And then just casually walked off to go back to sleep in his room, right? And I'm like, like, you know, mic drop. So I'm going to a job I hate it. He doesn't know what day of the week it is because he doesn't, because he does what he loves every single day. And that was the first lightning uh, spark that happened. Like maybe the reason I'm miserable because I'm not doing what I love to do, right? So that got me into reading books and I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is about the rat race. And I literally quit my job like a few weeks after that and decided to start my own business. And um, starting a business was hard. It was hard at first. I was like, it lost like, it was like $20,000 in debt, but then I got to rolling and then I, and I built this uh, six figure firm empire. And as you all know, I do for my firm and I do courses and I teach now because a few things, one, learning about money is important. Two, following your passion and doing what you love to do is what I think everyone's number one goal in life is because no matter how much money you make, it's not going to make you happy. What makes you happy is impact and changing people's lives. So that was my biggest learning experience, which is, again, why we're here doing this podcast in the first place. Like, we're going to change so many lives with this podcast. That's why, you know, it's so important to all of us in the Mel and the Millionaire Club. So um, follow purpose is like the the, the, the summary of my story. And um, don't let your past determine your future. Man, that's, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. I appreciate you sharing that. That insight. And, um, you know, many people, you know, it's so it's so interesting because I look at, you know, and I'll get into my story in a little bit, but, you know, sometimes people go through so you know traumatic scenarios and then like they just don't bounce back. Right. There aren't they aren't able to propel themselves forward. And so, you know, I just want to glaze over the fact like, I mean, to lose your parents that young, man, I can't even I can't even imagine like what that felt like. And for you to be where you are now, still pushing forward. Um, you know, obviously, you know, one, the thing that people don't talk about is like, we all experience hardships and struggle and pain. The difference is who still continues to fight through those challenges, right? Cause we all have different forms of them. And so just really big kudos to you, man, for, you know, being an inspiration, because I mean, there's plenty of people that might have gone through some stuff. And when you hear something like that, it's like, what can I even complain about? You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> Um, you know, I just, right. I'm just inspired for sure. And, and, and I'll just say one thing, man, trauma is an advantage, right? If you let it be right. So trauma is an advantage because for me, it was very simple. I didn't care about parents that I was a C student, but when, when dramatic, you make a decision, right? And, and, and your decision, either you go let, let, let this uh, negatively affect you or let this propel you forward. All of us have a choice during every traumatic experience. So for me, the, the trauma is, was, is still one of the biggest advantages I have because I work so hard to. So people that anybody out there that has trauma or went through something traumatic, um, it, it can be an advantage if you allow yourself to use it as such. Yeah, you know, this is a quote I love that life is... 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Right. Um, and so before we get into my story, Jacqueline, let's, let's uh, dive into uh, one of our, our recent reviews. 
uh, that we got on the podcast because we appreciate reviews. Guys, if you if you're listening to this podcast right now, pause it or if you can multitask, leave a review right now. Give us five stars. And if you really are ambitious, screenshot it and tag it in your story so that we can we can share it. Right. We're going to pick a winner every single week to win something from the Melanin Money Store. And all you got to do is take less than 90 seconds and leave a review. Right. So take a second to leave a review. Um, and then come back and, and, and list the episode. And Jacqueline, go ahead and read one of our most recent reviews and let them know what they said. Hold let on, wait a second. I didn't get to react to Carter's story. Like, I'm sorry. I'm honestly, sorry. Honestly, like, I really want to commend you. I, I will share my story too, but I come from financial trauma as well. And so I know how hard it is to overcome. So like, I couldn't imagine going through what you've gone through and being where you are. Like, it's amazing. And a lot of times I know when you suffer from financial trauma and you're trying to get up and you're trying to do things differently, one thing that you don't do a lot is you don't pause and take a moment to celebrate. So, I mean, I'm kind of pausing now. Take a moment to celebrate like your hard work. And I know you're going to keep <laughs> you just give me the go ahead. Yeah, that's sweet harder because we don't take a moment to celebrate our wins. And so I know you had a really good launch with your birthday. Happy 30th, by the way. No, my, I'm, no we're going to fuck. We, we, we taking off. the. We're going to stop being uh, politically correct. My nigga did 100 bands. On his thirty on his thirtieth birthday month, quit playing with him. <laughs> he did a hundred of them things. Hundred oh, of them. Man. You know what I'm saying? He could have hey. never did that working, uh, staying in his job. Took a leap of faith, working remotely for thirty days or however long it is in Colombia. Yo, put some put some respect on my nigga name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, That's I, what I'm trying I, to I, do. I appreciate y'all because I don't take enough time to to usually take take a step back and celebrate. But as George can contest to. You know, I brought him out to Medi in Colombia for my 30th birthday, and we took that weekend to celebrate. So I appreciate you being there for me, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So your kudos to Carter. That's that's who you're listening to. You listen to Mr. 130. You know what I'm saying? I did 130. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, money, money, money back home? Yeah, so money back home. Okay. okay. Either, either one. They all work. All right. All right. So I'm going to dive into No, actually, before I dive into my story, let's get that review. So yeah. Who, yeah. So, I mean, I got two things to kind of say, but like one, like after hearing that story, I feel like I can't tell this because it's like a disservice. So um, let me read this review first. Okay. Um, so this Apple podcast review, uh, the title from Chicago AJ is Great Minds. Anybody who is looking to advance their lives financially, these are the people to go to, especially for those with similar backgrounds. Always giving out free game on many things. Keep up the great work. It's very much appreciated. So we appreciate you. We appreciate you for the review. And this is going to squash all of anything that we've done. But, you know, we do like to bring some culture to the podcast, um, mix in some things that are going on currently, some current events. So Rihanna is now worth $1.7 billion thanks to Fenty. So wow. go ahead, drop that one more time. And I'm gonna drop the coin on that. Let, let, let it spin. Hey, and here's a lesson, man. And I, and I don't know, it just hit me. So Rihanna's worth 1.7 billion dollars, and majority is that is from not from being a singer. So don't let anybody pigeonhole you to what you're supposed to be, because sources of income is always the name of the game. Right. Don't let nobody buy. And this is, a, this is actually a great uh, addendum to Carter's story, right? And I tell the story every chance I get because I think people need to need to hear it. So. Carter and I met in 2019 uh, at a at a at a conference. Right, it, it was probably not too far from the point where I started insta stalking Jacqueline because I wanted to, I was recruiting her before she knew it. I was like, we're gonna do some business together. She don't know it yet. We're gonna do some business together. 
Um, and so me and Carter were at a conference and uh, it was the first time we met and we were going to lunch and there was a conference that was predominantly a lot of white people. So there was a tight knit group of black people that were there. So naturally we're going to see each other. Right. So we walk in, we grab lunch. Looks like a cool guy. Let's strike up conversation. We had similarities in what we were doing professionally in terms of who we served with our firm. Um, long story short, at the conclusion of the conference, out of everybody that we connected with, we stayed connected. Um, and we decided to do bi-weekly masterminds where we were literally like refining each other's business. Like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is my SOP. This is the automations that I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. To the point where like, it was this natural pendulum of like, he gave me some stuff that I wasn't doing and he went on vacation and he came back and I had a bunch of stuff that he wasn't doing. It was like, yo, like this is what masterminding is about. But at some point in that journey, I was like, hey bro, have you thought about courses, anything digital? He's like, look bro, I'm a digital nomad. Like my business is on autopilot. Like, like I, this not really something I'm looking to do right now. And he always has this quote that he loves to use. He's like, you know, it's like a grocery store. You take what you need, leave what you don't. Right. So he, he was basically saying like, I feel you, but I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got this thing figured out. Like I got this new mechanism where I'm, um, I can increase the revenue I'm getting for my clients. And I was like, okay, bro. You know what I'm saying? But I, I kept pushing them, you know, just a little bit. And he eventually decided to launch a course. Right. And so, but imagine if Carter would have stayed in his, and it was a really big, nice, comfortable box, by the way, it wasn't like a raggedy box. But imagine if he stayed in that box, right? Not even about the 100000 that he made this past month, but it was more so about the impact, right? The money's the money, right? But how many more people can he impact? Because we have a service model where, number one, everybody can't afford it. And because it's one-to-one, we there's only so many people we can serve, right? So what that proves is that, number one, get out of your box. And then number two, when you lead with impact, it is inherently going to yield more income, which goes to his part about why you have to follow your passion, why you have to focus on impact. And so that is literally the quintessential reality of how his story evolved, right? And again, I take little to no credit for that, right? I just, he he is someone that you give him the ball and unless you take the battery out of his back, he ain't gonna stop running. <laughs> you know what I'm and so don't 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 get pigeonholed into a box. Mm. Appreciate it. Nah, that's good. Let's hear your story, brother. Let's hear because you got you got a great one too. So I think people deserve uh, to hear yours. Man, let's get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let's get it. Let's get it. All right. So in a long cold day, now. <laughs> so I'll take you back to to childhood a little bit, and then I'll fast forward. So you know, back in the day, similar to you know Carter, you know, growing up in a household didn't have much money. You know what I'm saying. Um, I started out actually in being inquisitive about money very, very young. And here's why. So there was one Christmas when the first PlayStation came out and it was supposed to come out. I told my mom beginning, he's like, I got to have this PlayStation. I got to have a PlayStation. And she never said no. She never said no. She's like, okay, cool. I hear you. You know what I'm saying? So then, you know, months go by, months go by. And then Christmas rolls around. And I swear I see a box that looks like what a PlayStation is supposed to look like. Right. I'm like, mom, you did it. You know what I'm saying? MVP. Christmas time rolls around, open the box and the box is tube socks, right? You know, the socks, the two lines at the top, you know what I'm saying? It was a 12 pack, you know, 12 pack of tube socks. And my heart sunk in that moment. But I was in elementary school. And in that moment, what I realized, I was like, hey, if you want something in this world, you got to go and get it yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's what I realized. So at that point in time, I started cutting grass. I was figuring out odd jobs and I was so frugal. I mean, I wasn't spending any of the money that I got. It got to the point where my aunts and uncles were asking to borrow me for money and I was in fifth grade, right? And I won't proclaim to like know about interest and all the financial terms, but just even at that age, I had this idea. I was like, well, if I give you some money, I should probably get more back when you give it to me, right? So they laugh about it now. It's like, how the hell did you know about interest in fifth grade? And I didn't, I just, it just seemed logical to me, right? So, so fast forward a little bit um, to college, my mom's getting remarried. 
And at that point, because I've been so frugal, you know, my whole life, you know, she was like, hey, son, you know, me and my, my husband to be are merging our finances together. And, you know, would be curious if you could like put together some type of plan. Again, I, being a financial planner was not on my radar. Right. I, I wanted to, I was in school for marketing. I did pick up economics just because I wanted to learn money. Right. And so I put together what, you know, was a financial plan. I didn't know it. So I got an Excel spreadsheet, had all this, you know, arrows and this and had executive summary. And I had a buddy of mine who was interning at a financial planning firm. I was interning at Coca-Cola and I said, hey, man, does this look like something that you guys would like offer your clients? He was like, man, this is better. Like we don't offer them no real value. Like we just want to get their assets. And so I was like, hmm, OK, still didn't ha- didn't think about becoming a financial advisor. I was just like, all right, well, I'm glad I'm providing my mom value. So to, I'm a little bit older than Carter. So when I was graduating college, that's when the recession was hitting, right? So the recession was hitting. I was supposed to have this full-time job at, um, at Coca-Cola. But at the time, marketing was viewed as a luxury. And now we know marketing is everything. But it was viewed as, as, a, as a luxury. So the role I was supposed to have, they're like, nah, we're going to hit the pause button on that. You can still work with us as an intern, but we can't pay you the salaries to pay you upon graduation. So I'm like, well, these real bills about to hit, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I need a real job. And so at that point, I started to explore the economic side of my degree and um, ended up finding myself in the financial services industry. Right. And that's essentially how we got here. So long story short, you fast forward. Now I have this knack and desire for impact in the financial services industry, created blogs, uh, created a firm, and then ultimately created the ecosystem that we all now know and love called Melanin Money and brought these two geniuses along for the ride uh, to help to help me blow it up, man. So of course, I'm trying to condense this and, and, and speed it along. But the more of the story is, I took the pain of, you know, me and my family not understanding money and saying, I want to learn how to do this for myself, right? And then ultimately me wanting to know how to do it for myself and then learning the power of being in control financially and the liberation that's associated with that, and me wanting to impart that feeling to everybody that I could touch, right? And so that's that's a little bit of my story. For a second, I want you to imagine a club, a club that is exclusively designed to help you transform your relationship with money, a club that creates the pathway and the guiding light for someone who is an aspiring melanin millionaire, the one who wants to be the wealth starter in their family. Now, instead of imagining I want you to learn a little bit more about the Melanin Millionaires Club because that is exactly what we've created, right? We've created an ecosystem where you can finally get the clarity that you're looking for when it comes to your finances to give you the confidence that you now know exactly where you're headed so you can make better financial decisions and ultimately give you that feeling of control that you've been seeking instead of your finances feeling like they control you. Let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect as a part of the Melanin Millionaires Club. Number one, you're going to get access to money challenges, you know, and different challenges to help you level up with your money in fun and creative ways. You're going to get access to a community of like-minded people who are all on the same journey of marching towards financial freedom in their own right. You're going to have an opportunity to win money milestones so that we can award you on your journey to becoming that Melanin Millionaire. You're going to get access to guides and resources that you need to be able to dive deeper on your money journey. My most favorite and important probably aspect of this platform is you getting access to my pocket advisor, which is our flagship feature where literally it's like having myself and other advisors right in your pocket. Because let's be honest, 
right? You can take a course or even try to Google the information that you're looking for. But sometimes knowing that you can have a mentor that you can just call on and ask a specific question is worth its weight in gold. So you get that as a part of the premium membership. You get access to classes to learn about a variety of different money topics. There's channels with a bunch of different money content like Netflix, but for financial education, right? And you have investment opportunities, right? From time to time when they present themselves, I'm going to share different investment opportunities exclusively with my network. Not to mention, if you sign up today, you're going to get access to seven other bonuses just for being a part of the network. So if that sounds like something that would be valuable to you, I strongly encourage you to click the link, link in the show notes and learn more about the Melanin Millionaires Club and how you can be the first generation millionaire in your family. Um, you know, super excited to, to have this podcast, to have this impact with you guys. And I'm super excited to do it with, you know, two other brilliant financial minds. Yeah, man, I just want to say uh, trauma is trauma, right? Like no matter how severe it is, if something bad happens to you, well, you know, like, you know, you're not getting a present, leverage that and use that in your favor, right? You could have like pissed at your mom and be like, mom, she didn't do her job, but you internalize it and say, okay, lesson learned. Let me go do this. So again, life is 10%. What happens to you? 90% what you do about it in every scenario. So if anybody that has some trauma, had a tough childhood, just remember that. That's a fact. That's a fact. Hey, if y'all heard that little chime, that was the Melanin Millionaires Club. They're in there chatting and connecting. So make sure y'all tap in with the Melanin Millionaires Club if y'all want to be a part of that super dope community. All right. And of course, last. Well, let me comment on your story. Hey, I'm so premature. I'll be just trying to move along. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and give me some feedback. I want, I want that feedback. You do. And you cut me off and I'm like, hey, I'm here. Okay. So no, that's, that's a really amazing story, George. Like Carter said, everybody's trauma is everybody's trauma. So let's, I want to ask you like a question now, like, what is it like now with your family? You said in fifth grade, they were asking you for money. How does it work now? Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, for me, like, I know I can't save everybody. Right. So for me, as long as my mom, like I wanted my my mom and my immediate family like to really get it. My sister is thriving. So she is still in corporate, but she loves it. She's working for Fence for a startup. She's getting equity. She already knows her exit strategy from that from the, from those companies. So like she's doing amazing. She's my older sister, but um she's doing really well. My mom same thing. So like you know, she's doing really well financially now. And so uh, it's there's power and proximity, right? So they 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 saw what I was doing. I, I gave out the education. I always offer my family an opportunity to like reach out to me if they have questions. I'm not big on handouts because handouts don't save anything. Handouts don't serve. Me. Now, granted, if it's like somebody I'm, I'm really cool with or it's a niece and nephew, like I don't mind, you know, giving out a little money here and there, but but giving you money isn't going to change your situation, right? So I'm not really big on hand. It's not that I wouldn't give it out. It's like, I want you to you know, be able to truly change, right? And if I give you handouts, you're gonna always be dependent upon me. Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man a fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. But my immediate family is doing well, and I'm and I'm very proud of that. Yeah, this just a bar. Money problems are never solved with money. Mm. Money mm. problems are never solved with money. So true. Right. It's a fact. You're right. And I feel like that is the theme for my story. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so drum roll, please. Jacqueline, last but certainly not least. Let's certainly hear your... not least. And I'll be I'll be completely honest. I still haven't um, completely figured out like my story in a to a certain extent. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean after. So basically, my story is let's let's go back since you gave like an early memory of money. I'll give you one. So when I was about six or seven years old, 
I I had an older foster brother. And so foster brother came to uh, foster brother's mom came to pick him up for the day. So she was like, hey, you want to come? I was like, sure. So we go to Target. We go to get slushies. You know, I'm like six or seven years old. And so we go to get the slushies and I pull out my little Velcro wallet and I open up my little Velcro wallet and I go to pay for my slushie. And his mom is like, uh, first of all, no, I'm going to buy your dollar and 19 cent slushie. Um, and second of all, why are you six years old with like $200? Like, you're not supposed to have $200 at six years old. Like, how did you even get that? And I was like, I just saved it up, like <laughs> doing random stuff. Like I just saved it up. And so for me, that tells me that I was experiencing some sort of financial trauma at that age already. So at the age of six, I could see that my family never had enough. And that led me to want to hoard a lot of money. Mm. So when I got a little bit older, I realized that uh, we were land rich. So I grew up on a thousand acre ranch in Northern California. And kind of like long story short, my great aunt owned the property with my grandfather. She wanted to sell it and he didn't. It ended up getting sold and he died in the process. So my mother inherited a little bit over $1.4 million um, and so did her sister. And so my mom ended up losing her $1.4 million inheritance within about four years due to poor financial advice. So I had the question of like, mom, I don't understand why we went from you working two jobs and us never having enough. Um, you know, I have traumatic stories from being a child. Um, one in particular, like I only had one pair of shoes for like two years. And then I had a classmate who was like, uh, you know, how kids are like, you just don't know. Like he came up to me and he was like, how come you wear the same shoes with your skirt that you wear with your jeans that you wear at recess? Like I just wear those same shoes. And I think he thought that I like them that much, but literally they were the only pair of shoes that I had. Can I say something real quick? Not to yeah. interject in your story, but like, that's what propelled me to get fresh as fuck. I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> I remember like some people comment on how I dress now and it's trauma, but trauma will change, right? Yep. I remember like it was yesterday. I was in eighth grade. Her name was Natasha something, whatever her last name was. And I used to wear these jeans, these Tommy, remember the carpet, carpenter jeans that had like the little hook joints on them? It was a pair of Tommy Hilfiger carpenter jeans and it was a shirt. That I, and I wear that outfit once a week with shoes that didn't really match it that well because only had one pair of shoes, right? And then it was one day in homeroom, I guess she had just seen it one too many times. And she was like, damn, you really love that outfit, huh? Like, that's what she told me. This is like eighth grade. And mm -hmm. it crushed me because I didn't really, I'm, oh, I, I take that back. I love the outfit, but I, but I didn't realize that I only loved it because it was the best outfit that I had. Right. And I, and I had to wear it every single week. But I was proud with that. Iron the shirt, had my carpenter jeans, had my little, uh, I don't think they were Air Max. They were probably like a step down from Air Max. They looked like Air Maxes. And uh, she told me, she said that, right? And it stuck with me. And after that, I got a couple of side, like little jobs. I was working at Lazy Boy Furniture. Then I would go to TJ Maxx every time I got paid. I would give me some, some new drip. I got some Jabot pants. I would get some Harachis. And then before you knew it, like my, my wardrobe started to build. And I remember I saw her like, it had to be like eight years later. And obviously she had seen the, she had seen the glow up. And she was like, oh, like, I see you doing good and blah, blah, blah. I just looked at her, I was like, I see you not. And I walked off. <laughs> it was trauma. That, tra that trauma. Uh, that trauma will get you. And so that oh it's funny because I wasn't planning on sharing that part of my story, but it was the same thing for me. Like once I could get a job or figure out I could start making money somehow at about 13, 14, 
15, like I was getting the money, but it was like, I wasn't just blowing it all and spending it all on buying things. Like I remember I had, my first car was a 1993 Toyota Corolla. Okay. So that car was the same age that I was and that was terrible. So it was always breaking down. It was, if, oh gosh, if I turned really hard to the left, the car would cut off entirely. So that's when I learned that if you like bump it into neutral, you can start your car again. Traumatic. Okay. (laughs) Traumatic. So I had a a boyfriend at the time. His sister was like super trendy, always looked like amazing, had a fresh outfit for everything. Right. Like social media, all of this. And I wasn't like that. Like I had nicer stuff and I had enough, but I wasn't over the top with it because I was paying for a car. And, you know, I actually had to keep for me. My number was 2000. I had to keep $2,000 on me. So at, you know, 16, 17 years old, that's quite a bit of money, actually. Yeah. So it's some grown people without $2,000. That's uh, a fact. Yeah, I was just grown man, grown man, grown woman without that money. So you gotta be proud of that. So if you're listening to this and you don't have $2,000 saved, like you definitely need to join the Million and Millionaires Club so we can help you out with that. Because just like we're sharing our stories of where we came from, it doesn't matter how old you are, you know, you can start wherever you are. So for me, I was always getting clowned on because she was like, oh, you are wearing that outfit again? We already saw that outfit. Like, mind you, we're like 17 years old. And I was like, well, I'm keeping my two racks on me and I got these other bills to pay, like phone and car insurance. So this is what I have for the, the budget of clothes. Like, this is just it is what it is. But, you know, that was kind of like the, the the traumatic part of my story, right? Like, that was the big part was we had nothing. We I got a taste of something, okay? I had a designer, uh, like a coach bag with shoes. Like, that was something that was amazing to me. I never had that before. So when I got that, I was like, wait, wait, wait. You mean we, we can't do this anymore? Like, I can't get any more of this? That's it? The gravy train is over? I was like, oh, no, this is a problem. So I started doing stuff for money. But... But for me, it was a problem. I was like, this isn't how this is supposed to be. Like, I don't think that life is supposed to be this up and down, this roller coaster, this like, oh, we have money, then we don't. I don't think in my mind, I was like, I don't think that you have to live paycheck to paycheck. And I didn't know anybody that wasn't necessarily living paycheck to paycheck that I like openly knew and had the conversation with about. But just in my mind, I said, it's got to be a healthier situation than this. Like, you can't want to feel like in life that you're always being pulled back and forth by oh now I'm waiting on my next check to come in so that I can pay for this like it's got to be something that's a little bit you know more leveled and so I ended up googling and coming across the certified financial planner designation and I was like dang that's a person who knows I grew up with no health insurance we never had a budget I was like this is somebody who knows about health insurance who knows about budgeting who knows about car insurance who knows about investments because my mom said something about the economy went down referring to 2008 and like a mutual fund and I was like I have no idea what she's talking about and she didn't either because she couldn't explain it to me and I had a problem with that so I was like somebody's got to be able to explain this we're not on the uncensored show anymore me and George keep thinking that we are so we're over here cussing up a storm but (laughs) I was like yeah so we're not doing that anymore so we were classy now we don't yeah Yeah. we've we've leveled up this is a luxury podcast right that was it was the ghetto over the Um, but yeah, so so that was that was how things went for me. Um, I came across certified financial planner designation. And for me, it wasn't just about being able to help wealthy people. Um, I think that it was great for me to be able to get in and, and still work with high net worth people. But I also wanted to be able to reach out to people who were in my mother's position or in a similar position. 
Um, or maybe you, like we said, don't have a thousand or two thousand dollars right now. Like, what are you supposed to do? I think people that are in that position still need help. And yeah. the financial services industry isn't designed to help those kinds of people. So how can you still help those kinds of people, you know, while still following your profession? And, you know, the passion that got me into the industry was I don't want to see people be in the same situation as my mother. And so I want to be on this podcast and I want to be part of our club and I want to be able to bring people in who can just listen to this and can get out of whatever situation, whatever rut they're in. You know, even if you're not in a rut, you're, you may be in a similar similar situation to Carter, where Carter was making good money at a good job, but he just wasn't happy. And I want you to have money planning and positivity in your life. Shout out to my book. You can grab it on Amazon. I want you to have that literally. That's why I wrote that book, because I want you to have both. I want you to be able to make money so that you can live a lifestyle that makes you happy. That's no, that's what I'm no. all about. Well, that's I mean, that's an amazing story, you know, um, and you you have I honestly think getting a taste of it and getting it. Yeah, I was about to say, I think you know, I would say your story is the worst is being broke sucks. Right. But being broke and then having money and then being broke again, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Because when you're broke, you don't know what you're missing. But yeah. when you taste it, it's snatched away from you. That's not fair. So I, I commend you for coming back from that. So, like, I promise y'all, I made this commitment to myself at 17 when I left the house. I said, I will literally never be broke again. That's why I started saving. And I had a few thousand dollars saved at that age because I was like, I will never be broke again. Like, I yeah. just won't. So my broke is different from a lot of people's growth. <laughs> That's, a fact. You know? That's a fact. You know, I actually wanted to say this. I don't know if it was this podcast or another podcast, but like, I think both of y'all said it. It's like, that is an easy way to level up, right? You have to set a new threshold. Like broke can't be zero, right? Like broke, you have to set a new threshold for yourself and you raise that threshold as you evolve. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be transparent. There's been times where I've had access to over, nearly half a million dollars but because another account was was lower, like I was literally trying to, I was I refused to touch it. I was like trying to move around like other shit. Like, damn, I gotta figure it out. Like, like I like I had nothing because my mindset had gotten to a point where that's my threshold. You know what I'm saying? And you have to train yourself like to do that, right? You start maybe start with a thousand, right? A thousand is the same as zero. Ten thousand is the same as zero. Twenty thousand is the same as zero, right? And move accordingly, right? Because that is how you can hack your way to never truly being broke. Right. It's setting your new threshold. So I think that's a that's a that's a homework assignment for everybody listening to this podcast. What is your new threshold for broke? Right. And then you will literally never see your account value go below. Is it a thousand? Is it five thousand? Ten thousand? So what? That's too low. No, I'm just saying, I mean, hey, everybody got to start where they're at. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, want, but yeah. and you're right. You do need to start where you are. But for some people, like I feel like it should be a challenge for you. Like because mine right now, like my my broke is a challenge for me. Like I'm like, yeah, it can't get below this level and it's below that level. Mm-hmm. So like it's a challenge. I'm like, no, nah, it's time to go. But there's another piece that I wanted to share of my story, which is not a part that my family is going to love. However, I feel like it's really important for people to hear. So it leans on some of what Carter was saying, but um, my family has never bounced back. Mm. So my mom has never bounced back from that situation. Like to this day, she lives in a trailer, which is not a like fancy double wide trailer. It's like a little tiny trailer that's like 30 feet long. Like she never bounced back from that situation. So to your point of like having a mindset, that's huge. Being able to work through whatever comes your way, you know, like you were saying, George, it's 
10% what happens to you, 90% how you react, like being able to work through things and get things out of the mud. Like you're repeatedly going to be hit with obstacles yeah. in life. And it's all about how you work through those obstacles because they're always going to come at you. Uh, for my close friends who know my story, they know like, damn, like you've been through a lot and you keep going through a lot. And some people are like, how do you manage it? And I'm literally right. like, you have to push through every single thing. And at a certain point, you you don't even notice it. You're like, oh, another thing happened. You're like, sure, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is another thing. Like, you, you, yeah. you know, you know what helped me with my mindset? I call it the slippery slope of justification, right? So as y'all know, I didn't share part as a part of my financial story, but in in 2016, I had this life changing surgery, right, where I had a tumor that was growing in my spine. Um, I had to get it removed, had to get part of my spine removed. I currently have metal rods and screws in a titanium cage in my back currently, right? Body will never feel the same like it did back then, right? And so when I went through that experience, you know, I realized, because I had a season, if I'm being transparent, like it was a very short season, I had a season of why me, right? I was like, I'm healthy, I'm active, like there's, there's fat people who don't even care about their bodies and you know, I'm, and now I'm someone who is going to be limited from what I, what I want to do. And I didn't ask for this. I was mad. I was frustrated. You know what I'm saying? And I started thinking about all the things I couldn't do. And then I also thought if I told that story to someone, they would be, they would feel like it's justified. Like, well, you know, I feel you, man, that sucks. I get it. And so what I realized though, don't, the problem with justification in the slippery slope of justification is at the end of the day, I'm the one that's stuck with the life, right? I can have someone that was willing to co-sign my misery with me, but at the end of the day, I'm the one that gets stuck with that situation, right? And so you have to be very mindful of like giving in to, to, to the, the things that technically if you told, like if Carter told somebody like, you know, hey, the reason why my life didn't turn out good is because both my parents, you know, died when I was young and I didn't have any guidance and that's why I'm out here down bad. There would be people that would understand that and they would it would be a justifiable scenario, right? But the reality is, guess who gets stuck with that life, right? Just because it's justified doesn't mean that you should settle for it. And that's what I learned through that season. So like there's certain things I can't do physically now, but there's 9,000 other things I can still do. You know what I'm saying? And so I stopped caring about the justification of what I couldn't do. And I focused on what I could do. And that's what we have, we have to do in life because there's going to be seasons of your life where it's like you're going to be thinking like, dang, why can't I do this? Why did this have to happen to me? This is unfair, whatever. And it might truly be a justifiable thing. But instead of living in that justification and that misery, focus on what you have control over and what you can change. And that was a game changer and, for me. And, and before we uh, hop off this topic, I'm going to leave you out with a gem. If you talk about a problem while you're going through it, it's complaining. If you talk about a problem after you come out of it, it's a story. She just waits until you get out of it. Then you can talk about it. It's a story. They can inspire somebody else, but nobody wants to hear a complainer. So that's a fact. That's a fact. Man, this is a this is a good one, guys. So, man, I, I hope that you guys um, enjoy who you're going to be listening to. Right. This is just the precursor of the context. Right. The, the context that all of the content that we're going to share is going to be wrapped in. It's a very diverse perspective. You know, we got, you know, Jackpot Jacqueline. I'm giving everybody nicknames as y'all know. If y'all didn't know that's to the podcast, everybody gets a nickname. You know what I'm saying? I'm Forbes George. You know what I'm saying? You see it back there. Can y'all see? I can't see it back there. Home show. He up there. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then we got Cartier Carter. We also, we also, the, the latest name on, the, on on another show. What do we call you? What do we call you, bro? What's, what's the other nickname? Uh, Money Back Co. Money Back Co. Money back up. I like that. It's culturally relevant, right? Yeah, yeah. Not um, but nah, so uh, guys, thanks so much for, for tapping in with the three of us. I mean, this is the 
I'm going to be very excited, you know, when we look back, right, on what we're going to do with this podcast and the platform that this is going to turn into. And remember, like, this episode, because this was, you know, outside of our introductory episode, like, this was where we gave you the, the meat and potatoes of who we are, right, and why we created this podcast and why we deserve to be the ones, you know, sharing this information with you guys. So I'm really excited to to walk this journey with you all. Yeah. And again, I just like to reiterate wherever you are, it's not too late. It's not too late to take control of your financial destiny, your financial future. I think that your future self is going to thank yourself so much for taking initiative on this. Absolutely. And so guys, if you need help, you need guidance, you know where to find us, right? Go to melaninmoney.com forward slash join. Tap into the community. Like we're there. I'm there. Carter's there. We're all there giving you this game. There's a community of people. You can survive without community. You can't thrive without community. Carter gave me that quote and I have not stopped using it since. Um, but yeah, guys, tap in with the tap in with the, the home team. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 it's, it's what would they say? I love it here. When I get inside the Melanin Millionaires Club, I love it there. A whole financial social network dedicated to getting to the bag. I prefer that over Instagram. So appreciate y'all and see you on the next episode. Yes, Sarski. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.